0: Today I was planning to talk on sometimes I don't hear God very well. And it is the same material. I've just renamed it. Sometimes my heart is wrong, which of course then determines whether or not I hear God very well. Over the years, I've noted that I can pick up a book to read because my goal is a book a week, sometimes two books in a week, and it just does not speak to me and can even be very boring for me. So I shove it back on the shelf and choose a different one. I can listen to or read a teaching from some of my favorite preachers, and it is dead and boring. So I turn it off, I put it down, and I do something else. People forward YouTube videos to me that spoke to them, ministered to them, touched their heart, and I simply don't connect with them. They don't speak to me and people forward songs same reaction with an occasional exception i guard my time very carefully and i don't want to waste it and so i read i watch and i listen selectively as i want to hear god as i believe god always has a lot to say and what god is saying is always very important to me yet I can pick the same book back up two years later, and it is an amazing and captivating read. Amazing insights, touches me, touches my heart, informs my brain. It's an experience in reading. Or I can listen to or read the same teaching that I put down a few months ago, and this time it has a powerful revelation. It's life-changing. I can watch the YouTube video sometime later, and it too has changed. It's amazing. Touches my emotions, brings healing to my soul. The difference is more than timing. The difference is more than where I'm at specifically at that time, when I tried to read it or listen to it. The difference is more than the specific needs in my life at a specific point in time. Although all of those, I'm sure, affect what speaks to me and what does not speak to me. But I believe the real issue is that I am simply dull of hearing. Hebrews chapter 5. The book of Hebrews, a letter in the early church written to Jewish Christians, Jewish people who had converted to the Christian faith. Hebrews chapter 5 verse 11. I was reading this recently and it really hit home. About this we have much to say, and I believe God has much to say to each one of us almost all the time. About this we have much to say, and it is hard to explain, since you have become dull of hearing. A friend of mine wrote this week, I've always been mystified when I've read a book that electrified me, only to learn that others who read the same book came away with a completely different experience they would have gotten just as much out of it if they'd read it upside down. And it's the same with spoken messages. I've heard messages where light fell from heaven. Time stood still. People were stirred up, ready to charge hell with all guns blazing. minds were blowing. Lives were set on fire. Others who sat in the same room, hearing the same message, saw, felt nothing. As an author and speaker, this happens with every book I write and every message I deliver. He goes on to say, I recall delivering a message in a conference and one young man reported that he sat frozen in stunned awe, never once reaching for his smartphone. His life was ruined for the Lord. Another person heard the same message that day, saw nothing, and concluded that I needed a brain transplant. I mean, what the Facebook? Puzzling, right? Recently, I was listening to a precious brother in Christ give a testimony about when he first read a book written by an author from England about Christ living his life in and through us, an author who had passed on to be with the Lord many years before. This brother admitted, I graduated from seminary a year before. I read the whole book. I understood it mentally, but I saw nothing. No light penetrated his heart. Later, the same brother heard the author from England speak in a conference on Christ in us, and suddenly, light dawned. The brother saw and it changed his life. He then reread the man's book, and his experience was completely different. On the first read, the book was dead to him on the second read, it contained thunder and lightning. So how can you explain all of this? How can all of this be explained? I mean, I relate to his comments. I've had similar experiences, and others have spoken to me about their experiences along the same line. Jesus said in John 6, 63, It is the Spirit who gives life. The flesh is no help at all. The words that I have spoken to you are Spirit and life. So when we read a book about the faith, about spiritual issues, it should speak to us. It is spirit and it is life. When we listen to or watch a teaching, it should speak to us. It's spirit and it's life. It touches our heart and brings life. The words of Jesus are spirit and they are life. When we hear a song that is spiritual in nature, it should touch our hearts because it's spirit and life attending a gathering, worship, teaching, we should experience life change and receive fresh revelation, fresh manna from the heart of God. That's spirit and it's life. So I believe the root cause is that I'm dull of hearing. That means that I can read, listen, watch, and get nothing out of it because I am dull of hearing. And so, sometimes, my heart is wrong. It's not that the book is poorly written, although some of them are. It's not that the song or the chorus is useless and not anointed. It has nothing to do with anointing. It's not that the presentation or the teaching was not well done. And it's not that it's an e-book, and so not a real book. I believe the root issue is that I am dull of hearing. And so, therefore, sometimes, my heart is wrong, and I don't hear, and I don't receive life from what I'm listening to. And because my heart is wrong, I don't hear God very well. The Bible states in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 6, For the God who said, Let light shine out of darkness, made his light shine in our hearts, to give us the light of the knowledge of God's glory displayed in the face of Christ. Another version writes it this way, for God who said, let brilliant light shine out of darkness, is the one who has cascaded his light into us, the brilliant dawning light of the glorious knowledge of God as we gaze in the face of Jesus Christ. I've come to the belief that when a person doesn't grasp spiritual things and misses the life in the experience or the event, it's not a problem of the intellect. It's a problem of the heart. And so Hebrew says, about this we have much to say, but it's hard to explain since you have become dull of hearing. Jesus was speaking to his disciples about the false teachings of the Pharisees, what we call the leaven of the Pharisees, and his disciples did not understand. They were not grasping the spirit or the life in his words. They were not grasping the meaning of what he was trying to communicate. So Jesus says to them, Do you still not see or understand? Are your hearts hardened? In regular daily life, a person's mental acuity determines whether he or she understands a concept or not. Our schools are teaching information, and their target is your mind. You're listening with your head. You're needing to understand. You're needing to grasp the truth with your mind. But not so with the things of the spirit. When it comes to spiritual things, God things, the intellect can be a royal stumbling block. And if you don't believe me, just read 1 Corinthians chapters 1 and 2, if you want a source for that comment. There Paul discusses the spirit and the mind, the natural and the spiritual, godly wisdom and worldly wisdom. In the things of God, it's the state of the heart that counts for everything. The New Testament says a great deal about the heart, the dullness that we experience at times. Let me give you some examples. And we're going to do a lot of looking at Bible verses. First off, it says the heart can become calloused. Matthew chapter 13, verse 15. For this people's heart has become calloused. They hardly hear with their ears, and they have closed their eyes. Those are spiritual ears and spiritual eyes. Otherwise, they might see with their eyes, hear with their ears, understand with their hearts, and turn, and I would heal them. So the heart can become calloused. Secondly, the heart can be stubborn. Mark chapter 3, verse 5. He looked around at them in anger and deeply distressed at their stubborn hearts, said to the man, stretch out your hand. He stretched it out and his hand was completely restored. Thirdly, the heart can be hardened. Mark chapter 6, verse 52. For they had not understood about the loaves, their hearts were hardened. Uh, Ephesians 4.18 talks about it again. They are darkened in their understanding and separated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them due to the hardening of their hearts. And many people today have hard hearts. Number four, the heart can be far from God. Mark 7 verse 6. And Jesus replied, Isaiah was right when he prophesied about you hypocrites. As it is written, these people honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. You know, it's your choice. If you feel far from God, guess who moved? Number five, the heart can believe or the heart can doubt. Mark 11 verse 23. Truly I tell you, if anyone says to this mountain, Go into this problem, to this issue, circumstance, situation. Go, throw yourself into the sea, and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that what they say will happen, it will be done to them, for them. Or again, Romans 10, verses 9 and 10. If you declare with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For it is with your heart that you believe and are justified and it is with your mouth that you profess your faith and are saved. So your heart can believe or it can doubt. Number six, God's Word can be taken away from the heart and we learn that in the parable of the soils or the parable of the seeds. Luke chapter 8 verse 12 Those along the path are the ones who hear and then the devil comes and takes away the Word from their hearts, steals the Word that they may not believe and be saved. Number seven, the heart can burn while hearing, listening to Jesus. One of my favorite stories of the two disciples on the road to Emmaus after the resurrection of Jesus, and they don't know yet that Jesus is alive. Luke 24, verse 32, they ask each other, were not our hearts burning within us while he talked with us on the road, and open the scriptures to us. Number eight, the heart can be cut with conviction. And when Peter was preaching the first sermon of the early church in Acts chapter 2, the Holy Spirit moved in the crowd, the multitudes that were listening, and convicted, cut to the heart, a number of those people. And they responded to that conviction and got born again. Acts 2, verse 37. When the people heard this, they were cut to the heart and said to Peter and the other apostles, Brethren, what shall we do? And of course, Peter said, Repent, and you will be saved. Number nine. The heart can be right or the heart can not be right with God. Acts 8, verse 21. You have no part or share in this ministry, because your heart is not right before God. Number 10. The heart can remain true to the Lord, regardless of what's happening in your life. Acts 11.23 When he arrived and saw what the grace of God had done, he was glad and rejoiced and encouraged them all to remain true to the Lord with all their hearts. Number 11. The Lord can open the heart to truth. In Acts 16, verse 14, one of those listening, this would be to Paul's preaching, was a woman from the city of Tyretira named Lydia, a dealer in purple cloth. She was a worshiper of God, and the Lord opened her heart to respond to Paul's message. Number 12, the heart can be foolish and darkened. Romans chapter 1, verse 21. For although they knew God, they neither glorified Him as God nor gave thanks to Him, but their thinking became futile and their foolish hearts were darkened. Number 13. The heart can be unrepentant. Again, Book of Romans, this time chapter 2, verse 5. But because of your stubbornness and your unrepentant heart, You're storing up wrath against yourself for the day of God's wrath, when his righteous judgment will be revealed. Number 14. God's love can be poured into the heart. Romans 5 5. And hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. Number 15. The heart can obey God. Romans 6, verse 17. But thanks be to God that though you used to be slaves to sin, you have come to obey from your heart the pattern of teaching that has now claimed your allegiance. Number 16. And we slip over into 2 Corinthians. Number 16. The Holy Spirit can enter the heart. 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 22. God has set his seal of ownership on us and put his spirit in our hearts as a deposit, guaranteeing what is to come. That is repeated, same concept in Galatians chapter 4, verse 6. Because you are his sons and daughters, God sent the spirit of his son into our hearts, and the spirit who calls out, Abba, Father. Number 17, the heart can be veiled to spiritual things. 2 Corinthians three fifteen. even to this day when Moses is read, a veil covers their hearts. The heart can be opened is number 18. 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verses 11 and 13, the heart can be opened. We have spoken freely to you, Corinthians, and opened wide our hearts to you. And as a fair exchange, I speak as to my children, open wide your hearts also. Number 19, the eyes of the heart can be enlightened. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 18, Paul writes, I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope in which he has called you, the riches of his glorious inheritance in his holy people. Your spirit has eyes so that it can see into the kingdom realm. Your spirit has ears so that it can hear the voice of God and receive the life of the word as it's spoken. And your, when you are born again, your ears and your eyes are immediately opened by the Holy Spirit. And so therefore you can then see and hear. Which is why Paul can write and what we've just looked at, the number 19, that the eyes of your heart can be enlightened. Number 20, the heart can be sincere. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 5, slaves obey your earthly masters with respect and fear and with sincerity of heart, just as you would obey Christ. Colossians 3, verse 22, slaves obey your earthly masters in everything and do it not only when their eye is on you and to curry their favor, but with sincerity of heart and reverence for the Lord. Hebrews chapter 10 verse 22, same comment, let us draw near to God with a sincere heart and with the full assurance that faith brings, having our hearts sprinkled to cleanse us from a guilty conscience, having our bodies washed with pure water. So number 20 is the heart can be sincere. Number 21, God can test our hearts. 1 Thessalonians 2, verse 4. On the contrary, we speak as those approved by God to be entrusted with the gospel. We're not trying to please people, but please God. God who tests our hearts. Number 22, God can strengthen the heart. Again, in First Thessalonians chapter 3, this time, verse 13. May God strengthen your hearts so that you will be blameless and holy in the presence of our God and Father when our Lord Jesus Christ comes with all of his holy ones. Number 23. The heart can be purified. Matthew 5, verse 8. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Or Acts 15, verse 9, He did not discriminate between us and them, for He purified their hearts by faith. First Timothy, chapter 1, verse 5, The goal of this commandment is love, which comes from a pure heart, and a good conscience, and a sincere faith. And again in James, chapter 4, verse 8, Come near to God, and He will come near to you. Wash your hands, you sinners, Purify your hearts, you double-minded. Number 24. The heart can be sinful, unbelieving, and actually turn away from God. Hebrews chapter 3, verse 12. See to it, brothers and sisters, that none of you has a sinful, unbelieving heart that turns away from the living God. Number 25. The heart can suffer a guilty conscience. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 22. Hebrews 10, verse 22. Let us draw near to God with a sincere heart and with the full assurance that faith brings, having our hearts sprinkled to cleanse us from a guilty conscience and having our bodies washed with pure water. Just two more. Number 26. The heart can harbor bitter envy and selfish ambition. James chapter 3, verse 14. But if you harbor bitter envy and selfish ambition in your hearts, do not boast about it or deny the truth. And then number 27. The heart can revere Christ. 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 15. But in your hearts revere Jesus Christ as Lord always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have, but do this with gentleness and respect. Those are some very important truths about the heart and how it works, and I think you really need to take some time to consider them seriously. So now where was I? Where we were initially talking about, oh yeah, yep, yeah, yep, yeah. dullness of hearing. A person who has a hungry heart for the Lord and a conscience that's been purified by confession and by the blood of Christ will understand more about the things of the Spirit than the greatest theologian who's confident in his or her knowledge of God and the Bible. Listen, over the years, I've known people who had extremely high IQs. Some even studied and taught the Bible for a living. But in terms of their grasp of spiritual things, they were babies. They would hear the most sublime and richest unveiling of Jesus Christ, glorious things that stopped people cold, but nothing registered within them. There was no pulse. There was no spirit in life. Even today, when I'm preaching and teaching, I'm talking about spiritual truths that can be, should be, life-changing. And people nod their heads in agreement. But later, you've realized that they didn't get it. Nothing sunk in. And I think of Mark 6, 52. For they had not understood about the loaves, because their hearts were hardened. Or Luke 8, verse 15. But the seed on good soil stands for those with a noble and a good heart who hear the word retain it and by persevering produce a crop so two options two responses or lack of response with two different results because you don't listen to the word with your head only it's a heart issue and when your heart is right you won't be dull of hearing you will receive the Spirit and the life of the Word. If your conscience is not clear, confess and apply faith in the shed blood of Christ so there's no cloud in your communion with God. Then ask the Lord for an open, sincere, humble heart that's ready to receive and respond to God's light whenever you read an article, a blog, post, a book, or hear a message. If you're harboring anything contrary to God's will in your heart, deal with it. Go before him and deal with it. You know, deal with your anger, your unforgiveness, resentment, bitterness, your fear, your anxiety, your worry. I believe if you do this, you will eventually see and hear things you've never seen or heard before. Even in the pages of a book you once read or in a message that you once heard, Hebrews 4 verse 12 says, For the word of God is alive and active, sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even to dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. In other words, God's word is active and alive. So let me wrap it all up. Jesus said in John 6, 63, The spirit gives life to your spirit, by the way, the flesh counts for nothing. The words that I have spoken to you, they are full of the spirit and full of life, but it takes a certain kind of heart to see the light and touch the life. The heart is a major focus, and it's where the real issues lie. We think head, information, understanding, knowledge, You know, the Logos word of God, all of this informs us. But we should think heart as well, where we have transformation, revelation, wisdom, a a rhema word, a now word spoken to you specifically by God. Because all of that inspires us. We need to be more than informed. We need to be inspired. So, sometimes my heart is wrong. And sometimes your heart is wrong. And we need to take some time before God and think through, pray through the things that are in our hearts so that we can be clear of anything that's blocking us from receiving the life and the light that comes from the word of God.